Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Anyway, we're talking though today about lymphedema. So thank you for very much for joining us. We're gonna do not just one study like we do a lot of times, we're actually gonna do a deep dive into lymphedema and all the studies, not all the studies have been published, but a couple of key studies, the most recent review. We're gonna talk about all the things that a clinician should take away from the research and the information that we're gonna go over and hopefully give you some things that you can put into practice or at least think about how they affect your practice uh, even starting today. So introductions, my name is Dr. Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. I've been doing laser for a long time. Long time. We're getting close to a decade now. I'm yes. doing just laser, of focus just on laser. laser. Yeah. Yep. Um, about 10,000 treatments a year that I typically deliver in all kinds of different things. Uh, and then we also do uh, coaching for, for mm-hmm. other laser clinics across the country. So Just multiple other states. Helpful for so many. It's well, far yes. reaching. And as we're gonna so. talk about today, there's a right way and a wrong way right. to do light therapy, photobiomodulation, mm-hmm. laser therapy. So mm-hmm. if you do it the right way, you can get amazing results. If you do it the wrong way, you get sometimes no results. And then people, you wonder why people don't come back. Right. So. Yeah. But yeah. there's a, definitely a right way and, and you are all about helping people do it the right way. Yes, well, it's important. This is the light therapy, laser therapies are a really powerful modality. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't know what you're doing with it and you get poor results, you're going to stop using it, which means your patients will stop getting benefit, mm-hmm. you know, or they will never get the benefit that they possibly could have. And that's not good. No. Plus, you've got return on investment for your equipment. This equipment is typically not very cheap. <laughs> right. uh, it needs to make money back for you and it needs to be helpful to your patients. So, at Laser Therapy Institute, we're all about trying to help clinicians do better, get better results, be more profitable, get a good return on investment for those laser equipment purchases. Right. This is Christy. Christy is a certified laser therapy technician. Uh, She's done thousands of treatments herself and has been involved in the clinical side for a long time. And so she's joining me today to help go over some of this stuff, which, like I said, kind of surprising you with the topic, yep. lymphedema. Um, right. So lymphedema, we'll give you the definition first so that everybody's on the same page. Lymphedema is a swelling in an extremity mm-hmm. after lymphatic damage. Okay. And this is really common in, in cancer, especially mm-hmm. because you have uh, lymph nodes that are taken out or surgically, or, you know, surgically removed, or damaged during some type of therapies. Um, And then if lymph nodes are removed, obviously downstream from those lymph nodes, you have ongoing effects. And that means that in a lot of cases, you end up losing the full return function that you should have from that limb. So you end up with swelling, pain, stiffness, Mm -hmm. loss function, quality of life goes down. I mean, there's a lot of things. Lots of factors. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's an appearance thing too, you know, so it can lead to depression and, and other things like that, especially because it is a chronic disorder. It's very difficult to treat. Mm-hmm. Um, and in each case, it's a little bit different, of course. The most common uh, factor that kind of ties these cases together, though, is breast cancer okay. and treatment for breast cancer. So mastectomy um, and and even breast conserving uh, surgeries can sometimes end up really affecting the the lymph nodes and then the lymphatic function uh for that you know upper extremity you can see this with pelvic cancers though too and mm-hmm. it affect the lower extremities so okay but breast cancer is the biggest one that seems to be a big effect well and then you know you mentioned depression and mm-hmm. that's gonna slow healing 
really yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Because so, it, it, anyway. It does. It affects the patient on an overall basis. Mm-hmm. And if you're a clinician seeing patients um, who are depressed, they are less and less likely to follow through with your care plan, mm-hmm. whether that is meds or exercise mm-hmm. or, you know, therapies. Because when you're depressed, everything's hard. Right. Everything's difficult. Right. And then in a lot of cases, you end up going into a needing medication for that. So mm-hmm. being able to address the lymphedema has multiple effects. Right. Right. Um, we're going to talk about one study in particular today that I that I found that I thought was really interesting. Um, and I'm going to spoil it for you right off the bat. They didn't get good results with it. Ugh. I know. Um, but it's important to look at the negatives and the positives. Right. We should be learning from both. Exactly. So Exactly. Because then eventually it will hopefully turn the corner. Well, you know, it should teach us more about mm-hmm. what not to do in mm-hmm. practice, but it should also teach us more about what we should be doing in research. Right. Um, and then this, you know, studies, individual studies, have a large impact, too, on recommendations that mm-hmm. organizations will make. Mm-hmm. Because we have a lot of negative studies then obviously that does not become, that treatment, whatever it is, does not become part of the recommendations. If we have a lot of positive studies, well, then that can become part of recommendations. Right. So we'll go through this one, but the title of the study is Photobiomodulation Therapy in Breast Cancer-Related Lymphedema, a Randomized Placebo-Controlled Trial. This was published in January 2017 uh, in Photodermatology, Photoimmunology, and Photomedicine, um, or was also published in uh, the April 2018 edition of Pain Medicine. Um, I've got the uh, a rough translation from the original German uh, study, so <laughs> some of the wording might be a little funny on this, but it was the, the first one, best one I could find. Um, so, and if you want to read it or try to read it, we'll we'll have the links posted. Yes, yeah, we're gonna post so. links to all these uh, after uh, after we get done with the podcast yeah. here. So I've got several uh, links to, that I can post. So you can go back and look at the research yourself. Also, that's always a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll just give you some highlights here. So they say that uh, more than 20 and up to 49% of patients that undergo some kind of surgical intervention for breast cancer are going to have lymphedema as an after effect. So somewhere between like a quarter, maybe a third of people, you know, looking at the total number there that go through that are going to have chronic lymphedema problems. And in addition to the psychological aspects that we've already touched on, Mm -hmm. uh, like reduced quality of life because of depression, there's physical restrictions that play a particular role as in terms of chronic pain, paresthesia, and loss of strength. So not mm-hmm. only pain, not only discomfort, not only swelling, but there's a lot of other factors going on here too. It becomes quality of life. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So and because because of that, it's been they've been looking at more ways to address uh, lymphedema problems because it's, it's very difficult to address and it's an important problem. Mm-hmm. And photobiomodulation is one of those things that they have looked at uh, since back as far as 1995 and possibly even earlier to address lymphedema. Okay. They say that photobiomodulation leads to a reduction in tissue fibrosis and scar tissue, which enables improved lymphatic drainage, which is what we want to mm-hmm. shrink that limb down. Mm-hmm. As a result, the limb volume is reduced, which among other things enables improved mobility and increased hand strength. And obviously, if there's less swelling, you're going to have higher quality of life. You're going to have mm-hmm. less depression associated with that particular issue right. um, as well. They say that photobiomodulation has already been used to treat lymphedema of the upper extremities in several clinical studies with some considerable success. So one study reported an increase in grip strength and shoulder mobility, as well as a reduction in limb volume in over 90% of the study participants. 
sounds pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, another study was able to record a reduction in limb volume in every study participant after three weeks of laser treatment, three times a week for three weeks. Uh, and the procedure was rated as positive and an effective treatment option in two different meta-analysis. Now, this is looking at things, again, this study that we're talking about is from 2017. Okay. Right. So, so far, sounds pretty positive. I was going to say, how is it a negative okay. result with all that positiveness? So, they took they took all that, all that positive, and they said, let's try a little bit different study. Okay. What we really want to do is we want to find a way to do this in faster times mm -hmm. with fewer treatments. Makes sense. It's not crazy. No. Uh, some of the treatments they're talking about here were 30 to 40 to an hour long treatments okay. with light therapy. Um, and, you know, three times a week for three weeks can be quite a bit. So these guys said, mm -hmm. can we do it faster? Can we do it with less time? Can we do it in fewer sessions? Mm -hmm. um, and so because of, the, because of that, they set it up to only do eight treatment sessions of only 10 minutes each. Um, and in contrast to the existing studies, uh, they used a treatment in which they only irradiated or lasered a single treatment area in the armpit. Actually, mm -hmm. so they only they took this laser. It's actually a laser cluster of of, uh, of laser diodes, and they put it on the armpit, axillary area, which mm -hmm. is a key lymphatic area. But that was right. it. So they did five Just minutes one here. One location. Five minutes here. Yep. Okay. Exactly. And they had a um, a placebo group as well mm -hmm. that were you get the same process, but obviously the laser wasn't turned on. Right. Right. And they said, we wanted to do this with the idea that um, we could reduce the, the treatment time and the number of appointments by using a potent laser with a higher applied energy density than in previous studies and in only one area, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, now when you hear potent laser, you're thinking you more thinking? power. More power, yeah, mm -hmm. more power, more brightness, mm -hmm. right? More brightness, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we say energy density, that means more photons per square centimeter per area, in mm -hmm. a given area. So, that's something that you have to understand if we're talking about laser therapy, light therapies. If you deliver a large amount of photons to a large area, the energy density is not going to be that high because you're, you've got a lot of power coming in, but mm -hmm. it's spread out over a large area. Yeah. <laughs> if you take a low power density and a very tiny area, or I'm sorry, a low, low power and a tiny area, then your power density actually ends up being high because you're taking fewer you're photons, but you're concentrating. More focused. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the way that you handle that actually does impact the way the tissues respond, mm -hmm. your, your treatment time, the area you can hit, all that is important. Uh, and those factors are one of the difficulties in doing laser therapy right. What does your power density mm -hmm. need to be? How big is your treatment area? Um, you know, what power settings are you going to use to get the right power density in that treatment area? Mm -hmm. um, and how big your handpiece spot size is? I mean, there's so many different things, right? So they said a potent laser mm -hmm. uh, in one area. So you want to know what kind of laser they used? I I do want to know, so it doesn't sound like it might be not a class four. No, no, this so. is a laser diode cluster. Um, uh, it's had sixteen diodes clustered into one space. They're all continuous wave at eight hundred thirty nanometers, which is a good, pretty good mm -hmm. wavelength. Mm -hmm. We know that the eight hundred to eight fifty or so can go quite deep into the tissues and right. stimulates uh, a lot of different beneficial processes. Um, if you're curious about the mechanisms of photobiomodulation and light therapies, laser therapies, um, we've got a bunch of other uh, podcasts on that. I'm not going to go in depth on that one now. But anyway, so 830 nanometers, continuous wave, 16 different diodes. Each diode only put out 40 milli milliwatts, though. Mm -hmm. And so the total power of all those together was 640 milliwatts. So it's a little more than half a watt. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so they did that five minutes, like I said, on each side delivering um, 
delivering uh, full, almost five joules per centimeter squared. Okay. Okay. Why just one wavelength? Well, in this case, that's just the laser they were using. Okay. It's all made with one. But that's a good question. Why not use multiple wavelengths mm -hmm. to have effects at different levels, right? Yeah. Because wavelengths determine physiological effects and also depth of penetration. Right. So um, in a lot of cases, there is a good rationale to using a multi-wavelength system rather than one single wavelength. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Curiosity. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's good. I think that's good. All right. So uh, they went through, they did their, their eight sessions, and uh, they came away with essentially a failure. Mm -hmm. um, and I won't say just completely because they did say that they did get some good relief of pain, um, and they did have some improvements in quality of life okay. for, for the group that got laser, right, these eight sessions. That's good, mm -hmm. but no reduction in limb volume. Matter of fact, the placebo group had a more reduction in volume than the laser therapy group did. I wonder how that happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So there's several different things here. And they even say, okay, look, we didn't do well. Here's some factors that might be, um, you know, playing a part here. For one, it cannot be ruled out that the selected energy density is too high. Okay. But the energy density is actually pretty well, low. Yeah. A lot of the other studies they've used had energy densities that were even lower. Mm -hmm. um, but this is not a crazy energy density. And even the total dose, five joules per centimeter squared or a little yeah. less than five joules, that's, that's pretty good, really. I mean, mm -hmm. according to what we know from other literature. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that I can really agree with that there. But nevertheless, it's part of what they put in their paper. The other thing they said, and this is one that really resonated with me, is they said, look, we only irradiated or treated one area. Mm-hmm. And when you only treat one area, mm -hmm. what happens to the rest of the areas that you're concerned about? Because with lymphedema, we're talking about an entire extremity. Mm -hmm. So if you only laser up here, that's great. But what about the rest? All your swellings down here, opening these channels up, sure, that's a good idea. But you need to mobilize that fluid too. You need to treat the other areas. So they say, mm -hmm. um, you know, other research groups included irradiation of multiple areas like the antecubital fossa or, or on the elbow, mm -hmm. you know, and, and even going down the arm, some of these. So uh, the, the last thing they said is that we only did eight treatment sessions. It cannot be ruled out that uh, we, you know, might have had better results if we had done more frequent application or maybe even more sessions, you know, mm -hmm. so... And this was still a very long time that they, the treatments were very lengthy. I mean, compared to a lot of the mm -hmm. other studies, they were pretty fast for 10 minutes instead of 30 minutes okay. to 45 yeah. to an hour. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's still 10 minutes mm -hmm. to get kind of minimal results. I in mean, in one area. In one area. Yeah. Yeah, five minutes per mm -hmm. axillary area. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. um, one thing that I. Um, uh, wanted to mention was how often they did these treatments and I lost my note on that one I think they were doing this once a week I believe that's what you said okay eight total sessions so when when what they had done um, when some of these other studies were showing like three times a week for, for like three weeks right mm -hmm. so um, oh there it is they did twice a week for okay. four weeks okay so twice a week rather than like three times a week which is still not, it's not a crazy treatment schedule, just twice yeah. a week. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, just given what we've just talked about now, what do you think they could have done differently? Well, treated the whole limb. Yeah. 
Yeah, number one. And they even said that. Yeah, open up the whole area. Um, Yeah, when you're treating lymphedema, you need to work on the problem, mm -hmm. which is the lack of capacity in the lymphatic system. And that is going to be, in these cases, a lot of times, just in the axillary area. However, the rest of the limb is affected. Mm -hmm. So if you work on the axillary area... That's great, but then you need to work your way from proximal to distal down the limb mm -hmm. so that you continue to open up lymphatic channels and functions and encourage fluid exchange mm -hmm. so that that fluid can move somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wouldn't you change the settings or the time or anything, or is that limited to that device? So that device is probably fairly limited. It's class 3B cluster device. There's a lot of times not a lot of options with those. Okay. They are lower budget, you mm -hmm. know, um, which uh, can help more people access it. But yeah, there's so much you can do when it comes to improving the settings. For one mm -hmm. thing, pulsed settings mm -hmm. seem to do better with lymphatic drainage. Okay. Um, nothing wrong with continuous wave. It, it's, a, it's a good approach, but in a lot of cases, you can get better results with pulse settings. Also, mm -hmm. like you already mentioned, multiple wavelengths mm -hmm. can be a big factor too. Multiple wavelengths reach different depths of tissue. Right. They affect them in different ways and adding multiple wavelengths together have a synergistic effect where you can actually get more out of your treatment. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that, you know, not only do your number of setting or your number of treatment sessions matter, your settings matter, mm -hmm. and where you laser matters, how you do it matters too. All those right. things are important. Right. And if they had done something a little different instead of lasering just the armpit if they had included the rest of the limb, if they had modulated their settings, if they had maybe gone ahead and done a longer treatment, maybe that would have been better. So that's our takeaway number one. Where you laser matters. The settings matter. And the number of treatments and how often you do them, all of that matters. Mm -hmm. So now, the thing with this study, too. This is 2017, right? Mm -hmm. This was cited in the newest review on uh, lymphedema from 2021. And I'll, again, we'll drop the link for this one in the, yeah. in the notes. But in this review, they say that laser may offer additional benefits as compared to compression therapies or placebo or no treatment at all. But when you compare it to other active interventions, laser didn't improve the outcome significantly. And they quoted this study. You know, they cited this study that we're just mm -hmm. talking about now in their review, which, understandable. However, we know this study wasn't necessarily conducted very well, and now it's impacting right. the reviews. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the reviews are what we really look to to mm -hmm. summarize a lot of different research studies. And so if we have more and more studies that aren't quite being done in the right manner, with the right settings, the right, the right laser device, and so forth, then it's going to impact the future of research and the recommendations that are being made. Right. So... In the end, our 2021 guidance is really ambiguous where they say, eh, I mean, there's some positive studies, but looking at everything together, we can't really recommend laser as a great addition to a treatment care plan. But there's so many other ways that it could be tried yes. and tested and studied. Because um, that was so focused and, you know, I just believe that there is a better way well and you've seen the results yes yeah that, that <laughs> colors our vision a little bit because we've it seen does. patients get better with mm -hmm. this right so um when it comes down to it really we want to see research that backs up what we've seen in clinic and when we see a research study that's maybe not done uh with a way that we know is going to be successful it's kind of depressing to see it added to you know the the summaries 
where they say, well, I guess it doesn't, maybe it doesn't really work that well. See, and I know cost matters, mm -hmm. but equipment matters, settings matter, doing it right versus doing it wrong. All that has to come into play. And what's our bottom line is helping that yeah. patient recover. Yeah. So. And that's the thing, you know, yes, cost matters on your laser mm -hmm. equipment. And you can spend a, a small amount, you know, of money and get a, a, a light therapy unit or a laser unit but maybe your results aren't going to be good. And then it's not worth the little bit of money that you spent on it. Right. In a lot of cases, it's better to go ahead, spend the cash that you need to get a unit that's going to get results consistently, mm -hmm. good results consistently, mm -hmm. so that you can actually get your money's worth. Right. Because wasting three or eight or $10,000 on a unit that doesn't work is a lot more expensive than spending 50000 on a unit that works amazingly every time. Right. You know? Right. Which one's going to really pay off? Right. Which one are you really wasting your money on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there is only one device, only one laser therapy device on the market that's been cleared by the FDA for use with lymphedema. Okay, that's okay. my next question. Mm -hmm. What do we use? Mm -hmm. Before I tell you what that one is, I'm going to say we need to be careful about FDA clearance for specific devices, right. uh, for specific uses, um, because I've seen now several instances of lasers that were cleared for back pain relief or fat reduction or now lymphedema and I don't know that we really got enough homework done. Mm -hmm. So the one unit that is cleared for lymphedema is LTU-904 portable laser unit. It is a class 1 laser device. Hmm. Yes, class 1. It puts out 5 milliwatts, 904, 904 nanometer laser. Um, it is based on a clinical trial just one singular one okay. yeah and it was they were able to get fda cleared for that use and i'm not going to say that it cannot affect mm -hmm. lymphedema it, it, it can but how long do you think you're going to spend doing a treatment with a laser that looks like this i wouldn't i would want to do that in my own home while i'm just sitting there doing nothing or mm -hmm. being able to multitask rather than go to a clinic and yeah. sit for an hour? At least. You at know? least to deliver enough laser uh -huh. energy with this particular unit, with this tiny aperture, tiny spot size, tiny handpiece, is going to take a long time per arm. Mm -hmm. You're probably talking at least a half an hour, if not an hour per arm. And even then, you're on the very lowest dosing end of the spectrum. Um, and it, Positives here, you know, it is eye safe. It is easy to use at home. Negatives, it's still over four thousand dollars. Wow, and you know, I think of the clinicians and their practices, and that's going to take a lot of time per patient. Yes, you know, so and there's that yeah. element as well. That's our second takeaway, actually. Okay, you get to pick one. You want to spend a bunch of time, or you want to spend a bunch of power. Basically, mm -hmm. you use your, you use higher power devices uh, to make your treatment shorter or you use more time and lower power devices. There's, there's no way to get around that. No. You either decide you're gonna commit large amounts of time to doing treatments correctly, or you're gonna spend the money to get a higher power device that can do the treatments very quickly. And still correctly. And still correctly, yes. Yeah. So people make the mistake, especially clinicians, a lot of clinicians make the mistake of looking at a high power device and deciding, oh, high, higher power means it's more effective. Not necessarily, mm -hmm. or higher power means it's dangerous. Also, not necessarily, because right. when we look at a spot size that is that big, you know, you're looking at a tiny spot size. Mm -hmm. 
we have a spot size with our class 4 lasers that are 50 millimeters. We're talking huge areas. So the power densities are actually not that much different. Right. You're just delivering light to a larger area, which allows you to treat an entire limb in less in than less three time. minutes. Yeah. We're up to, le- yeah, we're, we're at mm-hmm. the point where instead of an hour or half an hour, we can treat an entire limb in three minutes effectively within the recommendations and patients see great results. And, you know, you're able to help more patients. And then you're able to help more patients. And that's what we're in healthcare for, is to help people. Yes. And if you're limited on time, you're only going to see a small people, a group of people. Right. But if you're able to treat more quickly, more effectively, and still correctly, mm-hmm. you can help more. Yeah. No, so. that's exactly right. That, and that, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That is a big deal. If you're, if you're spending an hour or an hour and a half treating a single patient, how many are you going to treat in a day? Six? We can treat six in an hour. You know, so not only does it give us more flexibility on our time, but it lets us treat more people. We treated a dozen patients in less than three hours today. And it's not that you're not spending time with the patient. You're well, still, right. they're very, very important, but you're able to save them time with their treatment as well. Yes. So it's a, a bonus. It's a plus. Because that does matter. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to bring that in. Yeah. You know, that's our, really our, our final verdict. If you do it right, laser can be a great part of a lymphedema care plan, mm-hmm. part of it. It can't be the only thing they do, but it can definitely yeah. be a great part of it. Mm-hmm. But if you do it wrong, you're gonna waste your time. You're probably gonna waste your money. You're definitely gonna waste your patient's time. Right. And you might be wasting your patient's money too. They might get some good results as far as pain. They might even see some level of you know good results with limb size and swelling. But there's a chance that you're not gonna see that or it's gonna take you a long time to see that. I'm just wondering how you know time frame you know is it mm-hmm. going to be six months is it going to be four months you know that sort of thing yeah so yeah those are all factors yep they are so. they are okay so we'll drop links to all the stuff we talked about here uh on the podcast we'll we'll try and actually put the links maybe even um in the uh, in the comments for this mm-hmm. video if you have questions about your laser therapy program if you want to know what type of treatment uh or excuse me what type of equipment you should be using if you want to know protocols, if you want to know uh, in exam protocols, then get a hold of us here at Laser Therapy Institute. We can help get you set up for success with problems like lymphedema. We can help your patients get better faster through you. That's what we do. We have clinics now in, I think, eight states. I think so. Um, and we even just opened up our provider locator map to any laser therapy clinician. There's a form you have to fill out, but you can go to our website lasertherapyinstitute.org mm-hmm. you can click on the tab it's labeled clinics and there is a way that you can add your clinic to our map now you'll, you'll show up as a non-LTI laser therapy provider but you'll still be on our map that is still free exposure for you and your clinic and all you have to do is make sure that you keep us updated if you change your address change your equipment things like that so that we have a live and accurate laser therapy map mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this and you want to find someone that does laser therapy near you check the map see mm-hmm. if there is someone near you or if you're looking for someone you can refer your patients to know that LTI clinics are the best there is mm-hmm. they got the best equipment we've got the best trained techs and providers mm-hmm. with protocols and settings that work definitely thanks for joining me again Christy thank you see you in a couple weeks see ya subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy check out our patient focused podcast healing at the speed of light a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. 
Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.